Where can you experience unparalleled discovery, learning, professional development, and networking with educators from around the world? You guessed it, the annual South by Southwest EDU Conference and Festival. Here, you'll foster innovation and learning through conference sessions, mentorship, film screenings, a world-class exhibition, networking, and it's Austin. So get ready for delicious food and maybe even a little dancing. Join your community March 4th through 7th in Austin, Texas to help create a new tomorrow for learners everywhere. Go to southbysouthwestedu.com forward slash attend to learn more. world is changing fast with new tools and uh, new jobs, and that's why we need new pathways. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderark, and today I'm joined by uh, my friend Lydia Logan. She's a VP of Global Education and Workforce Development and uh, CSR at IBM. Hi, Lydia. Hi, Tom. It's great to be here. We appreciate your two decades of ecosystem leadership. We, we've connected uh, in the couple years that you've been at IBM, but we appreciate your leadership at Digital Promise. You ran Chiefs for Change. Um, you ran a Workforce Institute at the, at the U.S. Chamber. That's why it's such a treat to reconnect in the new year. Well, thank you. It's it's been a pleasure. I think we, we've followed each other around in a bit of a musical chairs kind of ecosystem world. Lydia, we've um, we've featured um, IBM a, a, a couple times in uh, the last five years um, for its its uh, not only its work at uh, Skills Build, but um, the support for uh, for P Tech schools has been. Just such an important decade-long um, effort at IBM. P-Tech, um, for listeners that don't know, are, these are early college high schools that combine an accelerated pathway uh, towards new technology jobs with uh, with some work-based learning opportunities. And IBM helped stand up the first ones in New York, and now there's about 300 around um, around the world. And it will soon be 600 because there's lots of uh, fans of that model. And so, Lydia, we just we appreciate IBM's um, leadership in, in education and technology. Well, thank you. You know, I think one of the things that IBM has done for the last um, many decades, I'd say at least 50 years, is to be a catalyst. And we look at our corporate social responsibility the same way. And P-TECH is another example of that, looking at how how the system could be done better, how what's missing, and how IBM can bring to bear its technology and, and talent and resources to create, let's create is our tagline these days. How do we create the things that make the world work better? And certainly for, you know, 10 years, IBM was looking at, at pathways and, and P-TECH as a, as a leading model for that. And now it's really taken off and uh, states are owning it and scaling it. And we've been able to look at, at new models as online learning has come about and, and credentials. I know we'll get into some of these things and short form programs, but how, how can we now look to the future of work and see where we can really lean in there? Yeah, for for 
more than a decade, IBM has really been the leader in 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 developing and credentialing uh, new technology skills. Um, we'll talk more about that, but we, we appreciate uh, IBM's early leadership on that front. And in that vein, um, in in the last two months, um, you've made some really extraordinary announcements. Um, first in September, I think. IBM made the commitment to train 2 million people in AI in three years with a focus on underrepresented community. And then you followed that up with an even bigger announcement that you committed to help scale up 30 million people globally uh, by 2030. So let's let's unpack um, both of those. Maybe we can start with the, the Gen AI uh, since that's such a hot topic. But what, what are you doing there? Well, it's clear, right, that work is being transformed by generative AI, and it's important for everyone to understand what does it mean to our lives today? How can it make us more efficient? How will it transform companies, but also individuals? What does it mean to each of us? What do we need to know about it? And where does it also intersect with our cybersecurity? And I think that's one thing people may not be talking enough about. How do you know what a safe and secure model is, when do you not put your personal information in there, and make sure that you're protecting yourself while you're trying out some of these new and exciting models that are out there. Ethical and and secure AI is, is also something that IBM is really passionate about, making sure that it's safe. Who, who are these, uh, the, the Gen AI uh, training courses, who, who are they for? What's the the use case or use cases? Sure. We've got opportunities for high school students and teachers, for university students and faculty, and for adult learners. It's all right now on SkillsBuild. So you can come to skillsbuild.org, create an account, and start learning for free. We wanted to make sure that it's broadly available. Um, I was spending time at the World Economic Forum in New York, they're leading a global initiative called the Reskilling Revolution. Um, IBM's Institute for Business Values has been putting out reports for CEOs on the future of work and, and trends that CEOs should keep, keep an eye on. And their recent study of CEOs said 40% of them that are implementing AI in their companies expect to have to reskill their workforce. And, you know, big companies like IBM can can do that. And we do. Our IBMers are expected to do a minimum of 40 hours of learning every year. And we get credentialed for that learning as we go, which is one reason why we pay such close attention to credentialing and have a credential um, board and entire system internally. And so we use that externally as well. But we wanted to make sure that we made the kind of learning that we do at IBM available to the public so people are not left behind. So it's what we do for our clients, uh, whether they that's through our consulting business. And then through corporate social responsibility, we make that learning available for free on SkillsBuild. These, these short courses, these credentials, you could pull, a teacher could pull this into a, a class Absolutely. Computer science class. You could do it during an intercession. This would be a great summer summer school program. Some of these courses are, you know, a few hours. If you wanted to do, you know, longer bundles, 10, 10 hours or, or more, 
that's available as well. So anyone who wants to just learn something, students who may be thinking about beefing up their resume for college applications, teachers who are trying to infuse their curriculum with additional um, supplemental materials, there are many applications, you know, and this is actually something that parents and students could do together and then talk about it at home. No, I love that. So you could you could do that as an individual. A small cohort could take it on. A whole class could do it. Um, lots of options. Absolutely. Um, and and I love that it's uh, it's open to students as well as teachers. Um, th- this seems like uh, it has to be a real priority, uh, particularly for high schools, certainly for colleges. But I, I think it's so important for juniors and seniors. Uh, this year, you just have to graduate with a level of AI literacy. And this is such a, a great free, open uh, way for students to do it either on their own or as part of uh, their schoolwork. Absolutely. I mean, I you know, when you look at stress levels of people in the workplace, a lot of it is the, you know, the repetitive uh, kinds of administrative tasks. And a lot of those are the kinds of things, data analytics, that are easily managed by AI. And you can use, you know, large language models and generative AI to ask the kinds of prompts that will give you answers very quickly. Understanding how to apply AI. I mean, I know that there's a lot of um, fear-mongering happening about AI taking people's jobs and and I'd say it's less about what jobs are going to be taken and more about understanding how to use AI to improve the job you have. And then, you know, just like any other new technology transformation, uh, innovation, it's transforming work. So we don't know what all the new jobs are that will be there, but everyone needs to lean in and keep up. And I would say for, for teachers out there, don't tell your students not to use it. Think about how they can use it and how you might transform your teaching practice. You you own the outcome and you have to be able to uh, source the, the product. So yeah, I appreciate that. Lydia, you mentioned cybersecurity and data privacy. Are those also topics available on SkillsBuild? They are, absolutely. Cybersecurity um, is a, a big priority for IBM, and we also look at the intersections of of these topics. We have a a big initiative with HBCUs around the country on cybersecurity. 20 of them have cybersecurity leadership centers with us where we've connected a subject matter expert. They're learning with our cybersecurity academy, which is what our clients get. They're also learning on skills build. They're taking an introduction to threat hunting class and, and doing a variety of other things. But we've got cybersecurity curriculum on skills build again free and available to everyone we've made sustainability a, a big priority at getting smart and we're excited about sustainability clean tech pathways we think it's um, not only a growing sector it might be the biggest entrepreneurial opportunity in the world certainly the biggest impact opportunity uh, in the world and you you've announced and and are working on some some new uh, learning experiences in that category. What what can you tell us about that? 
Yeah, we, we've got a collaboration with AXA. We released some new content, for, again, for all of our three um, learning categories, so high school students and teachers, university students and professors, and adult learners, starting out with a foundational level of, you know, what is the issue? What, what is climate change? Uh, what are the challenges that we're facing? Sort of, you know, what are the basics? And then moving into level two content where you really start to understand what can you start to do to um, impact, to make a difference. So it's the greening of jobs that are technical and the technology that's coming into green jobs. So we're seeing a convergence and it's important for, for us to start thinking about what are those skill sets and how can we help students start thinking about them, but also adults who, who are out there and individuals who might want to learn to do things a little bit differently. I, I, I think you um, shared with me that you have a, you have a teaching sustainability toolkit. What, what's that? So that toolkit is great because again, it's something a teacher can use as supplemental materials. They can integrate it into the classroom or, volunteers and parents can use it. It's it's a toolkit that's put together to convey the the basic concepts around sustainability for students, but also with some actions that students can take and starting to apply some skills around data analytics and understanding how um, how those skills will be applied in, in green jobs. So we wanted to make sure we had some things that were applicable to classrooms, but in a variety of, of different ways, because having spent a lot of time working with school systems, right, you don't necessarily want your only option to be a full course that has to be part of core content. You want to make it flexible enough so that teachers can pick it up and use it the way that, that it makes sense for them. Any other topics you're working on that, that we'll see uh, later in 24? Um, absolutely. Things that we're working on. We're working on some things at the community college level. We're working on, you know, more things with uh, credentials. We're thinking about, you know, additional ways that uh Technology is and AI is being applied not just in the U.S. Obviously, we're global. So when the more the more we look at frameworks and have conversations around the world, how are we um, talking to our peers in other countries about what the necessary skills are and the frameworks and making sure people are not left behind, not only in the United States but in the global South and in other countries. I think as we move to skills first hiring and a really a skills economy, it's important that people are thinking about the, the skills they have and how they convey what they are and digital credentials and the, the currency of digital credentials will become and has become much more important. We see that with the claim rates and sharing that people are doing on LinkedIn and other platforms where you know, they're getting hired base, based on those. And so we talk a, a lot to higher ed about integrating credentials into the degree pathways so that if students don't finish their degree, 
they're not leaving empty handed. They're not leaving with, you know, debt and no degree. They've got a, a portfolio of credentials, which I think is will serve them very well. And for people who may not be pursuing a degree, making sure that the credentials that they are earning have value in the marketplace are validated by employers and have, you know, quality and um, efficacy. Do you, do you imagine that the the 30 million people you, you hope to serve um, in, in the second half of this decade, um, are you think the majority of them will be outside of a, a college or a formal education setting? Uh, it's a both and. I mean, I, I, I would say probably it's about half and half because a lot of people are upskilling, right? If you think about the college degree that you earned, and I, I don't remember which one it is, but how much more have you needed to learn since you finished college to keep up with what you do now? Yeah, everything six times, right? And and I think that's the reality for most people who are really good at what they do is they're always learning something. The difference is you used to have your degree and you kept learning but you didn't have anything to signal what you had learned. And now with digital credentials, you can collect a, a portfolio, right? You've got learner and employment records to show these credentials that you've amassed over time. Um, and I think that's really the big change. Now it's h- how do we know which ones are worth it? How do we make sure they're easy to share? How do we make sure they're secure and verifiable? Um, how do you know which ones are the right ones? How do you know when to pay and when not to pay? Uh, but it, it's a it's a great moment to be in education right now and to be helping people think about getting the right skills and the right way to signify what they know and are able to do. Um, so you're, you're bullish on, on credentials, I think personally, and, 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 and IBM as an organization. Um, hi, historically, I, I think the, the IBM credentials and similar credentials from other orgs have been most valuable sort of inside your own ecosystem you know, an IBM credential recognized for an IBM job, but are you, are you beginning to see broader transferability? Are more employers paying attention to credentials? And, and is there, is there a reduction in the use of degrees as a, as a skill proxy? And, and are we seeing an increase in the use of credentialing and skills-based hiring? You know, I think, IBM is a big company and we've got a lot of experience and we've got the technical ability to really ingest credentials, use them, use the AI and the tools to figure out how to match people in their skills to jobs. But it's nascent and a lot of small and medium sized companies don't have those tools available to them. I think this is a right. It's an ecosystem that's developing and our friends at Walmart and other other organizations are really pressing on that and we're there with them saying, you know, this is something that is important. We've got a handful in the states of governors who who are working on skills first hiring at the state level and really trying to build out what those ecosystems look like. What, what we are seeing is particularly in the tech sector. So I think there are certain sectors where there are gaps in the workforce and there's pressure from the market to find the right people who fit the jobs that are available so that 
the sector can continue to innovate and be productive. There's a there's a market reason to make sure that you're finding the right talent and getting them into the into jobs and skills first hiring is a way to solve that. So IBM for example eliminated the four-year degree requirement from 50% of our US job postings to solve that issue. It allowed us to diversify our applicant pool. We saw increases in underrepresented minorities and other groups in the applicant pool go up by 63%. We saw hires go up, I think over 20% from that pool. And we filled jobs and were able to right, continue to innovate and, and serve our clients in the ecosystem, et cetera. But um, it's something that we look at comprehensively. We address it through corporate social responsibility. We address it through HR we address it through our, our government affairs team that has a skills first hiring policy coalition. We address it through consulting and the work that they're doing on, on LERs and the technology behind them. We support other companies in thinking through how might they start their skills first journey. And it's not necessarily going to be doing it in all the ways that IBM does it, but we We'd like to bring people along with us. It's not something we can do on our own. Lydia, the last time we were together was a couple months ago at a Chamber of Commerce um, Learner and Employment, Employment Record Conference. Um, are, are, are you bullish on LARs and are, are, are these learner, learner records um, going to soon provide a better way to capture and um, and and share out the credentials that people have earned? I am. Uh, you know, I think these will replace the college transcript because the college transcript used to be the learner-employer record, right? Now it's a much more robust portfolio. It's all, it's, we are finding new ways to signal and um, have credentials that capture all the different ways people have learned and what they know and are able to do and getting, you know, into the weeds on taxonomies and things like that. But the fact that you can have a digital portfolio and have a wallet that's able to put, you know, your records in it and it's shareable, I think this is the future and we are getting there. It's getting our, um, the, the, applicant tracking system software to be able to ingest these records broadly and in a way where there's not a lot of bias in the in how applicants are sorted and matched and that's again you know right coming full circle around to ai how are we making sure that it's used ethically how was it trained properly what are the data sets that that were used um, when it was created so there are um, absolutely some, some phenomenal ways that we can get to equity using AI in some of these systems and using um, learner and employment records for people who have hit, you know, our, our friends at Opportunity at Work. We call it the paper ceiling. Hey, we've been talking to Lydia Logan. She's the VP of Education and CSR at IBM. Um, Lydia, we we super appreciate your leadership on on helping to scale up the planet around new jobs and new opportunities. Um, wh where can people go to learn more about Skills Build? 
It's pretty easy. It's skillsbuild.org. Uh, come and, and start learning for free and really upskill or refer a friend. Bring your kids, learn together. If you're a teacher, look, t- check out the toolkits. Um, we are in over 20 languages. So, you know, that's uh, another thing that I think will be really helpful. We've worked with ESL communities and refugee organizations where they haven't been able to access other kinds of learning because it's only been in one language. But um, we've got a great core of IBM volunteers who also will translate uh, what we don't have. So I'd say come check it out. We've got a lot of resources and we're excited to be on this mission of providing high quality skilling opportunities for free. It's awesome. Thank you, Lydia. It's so good to connect. Um, We appreciate your leadership in the sector. Uh, If you're a learner or a teacher or a system leader, check out skillsbuild.org for uh, for more. And thanks for being with us this week. Thanks for uh, uh, our producer, Mason Pasha, and uh, the whole Getting Smart team for making this possible. Until next week, keep learning, keep leading. And keep building skills on ibmskillbuild.org. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much.